Welcome to the Rural Raised Leaders Podcast. You might have asked yourself, how do I use my gifts and passions to create a more freedom-driven life? Is it really possible to find success with both my business and my family? And how can I unleash the leader that I know lives within me? If you're obsessed with going after big things, but you still want to enjoy the little moments in life along the way, this podcast is for you. We are Rural Raised Leaders, and we're here to show you that, yes, you can be a small town girl making big time moves. In this podcast, we will be dishing out all the good stuff on how to start creating that life you crave and interviewing top industry leaders who are turning their passions into profits with their family in tow. Whether you're tuning in from a dirt road, a cozy front porch, or the wide open highway, we're so glad you're here with us. Okay, good morning, everybody. Um, I have been really just anxiously awaiting this episode and can't wait for you to meet our guest today. Um, Finding ways to creatively make a living and crafting a life that you truly enjoy is kind of our jam here and a big reason that we've created this community. And if there was ever a family who fully embraces this, it's the clown family. And today... I'm just really excited to welcome the head of the clown family herself, a mom of three. She's a West Coast native and an Oklahoma implant, an undercover marketing genius, a professional auctioneer, and the ringmaster of her circus, Carla Harrison. We are just (laughs) super excited to have you here with us today. Well, Lindsay, thank you so much for all those accolades and uh, those names. Uh, I think the ringleader of the circus probably fits me uh, best, <laughs> or at least I'm I'm a part of the circus. I don't even know if I'm the ringleader, but I'm a part of our circus. There's a, there's a lot on there, and there's a few others, too, that weren't mentioned, speaking of being creative on creating a life, but whatever. I We have rent houses, and of course, we run cattle, and uh, we have a liquor store, and we also have some commercial properties that we're getting into and then a small investment group that we start with our rodeo friends. Uh, so there's a there's a few other things that we put on a Wild West show as well. So those are just other, you know, sources of income on top of the ones that you mentioned. Yeah, well, I know that you're you're kind of the doer of all things. And I forgot all about the West, the Wild West show too, but we're going to get into that. But first, I just want to kind of go back because Carla and I go way back. Um, actually, way our back. families... <laughs> We're friends even before they officially became the clown family. Carla was a marketing intern for the world's toughest rodeo. My family was a stock yeah. contractor for the rodeo. And I don't even know, I was trying to think about this. Was John, was he actually a barrel man yet? Or was he still a specialty act? No. I can't remember. He was, he was. <laughs> He was just a trick writer and trick roper. That's why I say, you know, it was love. Like, who? Like, really? You know, no one chases, no one chases the trick writer and the trick roper, the guy trick writer and trick roper. So well, you know, it was love. But yeah, so I no, he was just trick writing and trick roping when we met. I actually was uh, dating someone else. I was just a friend of John's. And uh, I hung out with your family all the time, Lindsay, because they were the closest thing to what my family felt like. And I loved it. And I was lucky enough to be on uh, any double ups that we had. Your family was there. And it was so much fun for me to be around all that. And it was just a, you know, all hands on deck kind of situation. And that that was my jam. And so 
So yeah, I love anytime we get to work any um, Three Hills rodeos. John knows I love it. It's like a homecoming for me. I kind of know the story, but just for our listeners entertainment, like how does a California girl like super smart, beautiful, all these things going for Okay, now come on. Not talking down gun, but I mean, he did marry up. Let's just be honest. But how did, how did you two connect? How did, where did the magic come from? I mean, he's a, a trick rider. I mean, he's, I know he's every, every woman's wildest dreams, but I'm just curious. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Everyone's wildest dreams. So yes, like you mentioned, I was filling an internship for Cal Poly, which uh, fulfilled my graduation requirements. My cousin, Jamie, she had put me in contact with Tommy Joe and Tommy Joe's like, Hey, if you want to learn from the best of rodeo marketing, you need to go work for Steve Gander. So I interviewed with Steve and he said, you know what, come on out. So I went out to Iowa, Williamsburg, Iowa, to be exact. And I fulfilled my internship there doing media and marketing for him. And I was supposed to just be in the office, never go on the road with y'all. And then we get to that uh, first rodeo. I can't even remember which one. And he says, hey, I need you to hop in the truck and head down here. We need someone to do. I don't I can't remember if I needed to run cameras or what I needed to do at the time. I was like, all right. You know, so I just jump in the truck and from California, not knowing anything about driving in snow. I drove down to that first rodeo, white knuckled with my hands at 10 and two because there were snow flurries on the road. And I thought at any moment I could just slip off the road. And it was like the snow was even sticking. It was just flurring. But I was scared to death to be driving in snow. And people were just jamming by me. And I'm like, those idiots. I was freaked out, but anyhow, so that's, uh, doing that internship is where I met John. He was the specialty act hired to be there. It's where I met y'all and we just got to be great friends. We were absolutely awesome friends. Like I mentioned, I was dating someone else. I had gone back to Cal Poly to finish up my degree. John and I kept up a friendship and he called me one day and said, Hey, I've been nominated for this uh, PRCA award. I was so excited for my best friend that I started crying. And I thought, Oh, I don't feel that way about the guy I'm dating. Like if he called to tell me that he was nominated for something, I'd be like, cool, you know? So I, I kind of did some searching and I was like, well, maybe I shouldn't be dating this other guy until I either feel like, feel that way about someone or I'm dating John that I feel so excited about. So anyhow, so that was long story short. That's um, how it kind of all got started. And the rest is history. The rest is history. And now I've had, clown babies <laughs> and a clown and then he started there after he started clowning and then uh you know we got married and yeah now we have the clown family just to jump in to sort of this whole idea of unconventional living and and you know obviously you said you're you're an auctioneer which I think is amazing and and there's you don't really see a lot of women auctioneers maybe and I know you do a lot of high scale sort of like art kind of things and but I've seen you do a lot of Calcutta's at the rodeo which I think is just awesome and then obviously John is because your dad would always have me do that (laughs) Yeah, but it's cool. Would prop me up on on a chair and say, "Listen, this is and like uh, we had so much fun doing that though behind the shoots uh, at different rodeos." He'd be like, "Yeah, we got an auctioneer and we'd have a Calcutta." But I really think it was another money making opportunity for Dave Moorhead because he would snatch up all the guys that were going for five bucks and he would make a haul every week. Oh yeah, <laughs> yes, he's he's always thinking of that. That's for sure. So so you're yeah. an auctioneer, John's. 
a rodeo mm-hmm. clown, barrel man, you have cattle, and then you have the liquor store, you have the Wild West show, you have investments. I mean, that's about as unconventional as you can get. But I feel like you're literally out there living your dream life, surrounded by the people that you love, having fun everywhere that you go. Like, I don't know how you imagine this lifestyle. So nothing. I imagined and it's nothing I dreamed of. So uh, going back to like when John and I first met, uh, I'll never forget being called up to a hotel room. I had gone to bed that night and I'd been working. So um, I just, you know, I was doing my thing and I'd gone to bed, but the guys had gone out and they were playing cards in a room. And John called me and said, hey, we need you to come up here and keep books on this card game. There's like a lot of money on the table with a bunch of uh, bronc riders and everyone had been drinking. Well, he knew I had it. So he called me up. So I go up there and I'm keeping the books on this card game, but there was an obnoxious amount of money for some rough stock riders to have on the table. And so I'm keeping books on it. And John was off to the side talking about his goals in life. Well, his goals aligned with my goals. And that's when my heart just dropped. So uh, he, this, this, he was talking about, you know, just different things he wanted out of life, whether it be, you know, keeping, having kids and keeping uh, a faith in the deal and always growing and building and doing all these things. Uh, those, those were goals that I was after. So uh, hindsight, that's kind of where it started. But then John and I get married and he becomes a clown and we never sat down and said, you know, let's achieve this. Let's achieve that. We just knew we were hard workers and we wanted to build something for our family. Uh, John is born and raised on the ranch that we live on. And we've always wanted to be able to add on to it, whether it be five acres, 10 acres. It was just important to us that we work hard to add on. Uh, We also wanted to live in our dream, build our dream house. We lived in his grandparents, 900 square foot house forever. Then we finally built our dream house, but we we worked hard at it for 10 years and we never thought, gosh, we'd like to own a bunch of rent houses. We just saw that as a, a way to make money to achieve our dreams. So we start buying rent houses and we, I mean, I had a little chart of what my ideal price point was, what I needed to make on them, all that good stuff, my buy-off plan in 10 years. And then after 10 years, I could start building my house, all that stuff. So it was just like, we were, we're just goal driven in general uh, that, helps us work together. And so we came up with buying rent houses and renting them out, fixing them up, renting them out. And then of course we love cattle. That's actually our, that's my passion. I'd rather be out on the ranch pushing cows or working cattle and doing all that. That's, I love that. Um, and so we do that. That's another means. John always wanted a liquor store. He always knew it would be a good business. And I wasn't as excited for that as he was. And I always say he's the go and I'm the whoa. Like he was like, oh, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. And I was like, well, if we're going to do it, I, it needs to be the right location. So I just, every time he wanted to pop up a liquor store, I'm like, nope, it's not the right location. Finally, he found one that I was agreeable to. And then I went and did the research. Like I went to, I drove my little honey over to the markets that had three liquor stores with the same size uh, demographic and population that our town had. And I made sure three liquor stores were going to make it. Like I, I, crunched the numbers and did all that stuff. And then I, once we came together on that, we thought it was going to be a viable uh, business option. And we were both 100% in at that point. And then um, same with the Wild West show. John was the one that kind of dreamed up that idea. And once he kind of pitched the plan, then uh, here I go. I'm jumping in with him on a Wild West show and I'm holding papers while he's cracking whips. And like, it was just insane, but whatever. Um, yeah, just whatever we decide to do, we, we, 
we hash it out well because we have the same goals. And so I never thought that I would marry a clown, end up in Oklahoma and have rent houses and be in a Wild West show. Never. (laughs) What it makes me think of, Lindsay, is literally the last podcast we did. It was just me and Lindsay. And we talked about like four ways to make money that maybe you haven't thought of yet. Because our goal is to always talk to the women who are like freedom driven and they they want to live a bigger life outside of, you know, the nine to five. And so we did this podcast and we gave them a few ideas, especially with social media. There's so many things, right, to do on social media now. And just for you to like give all these examples of what you guys have done. I'm thinking to myself, these listeners are probably like taking notes and they're like, oh my gosh, like I need to start like looking into this kind of stuff because, and it's just like, it builds on, you know, one after another, after another, you, you did, you started with this and now you're branched out. And like, I would love to know, I'm just curious how you guys um, manage all of that. Do you guys have like lots of help or like, what does that look like? So uh, for the ranch, we have uh, my father-in-law. He's the only full-time person. We couldn't do that without him for sure. Uh, the liquor store, I do have a manager and she's full-time and a couple uh, part-time employees to go with that. Now, when we first opened up though, we were the, we were it. And I was on the whole shift and John would be off at rodeos and it was crazy. I would literally get my kids to my in-laws. I would put on a crock pot for that night's dinner, feed them, get my kids to the in-laws. I would come home, feed them dinner, start get the next day ready. And I would just sleep for those. Like it was, we were on survival mode because we were the only people working the store at the time. And uh, so, you know, you just, you do what you need to do. And then uh, on the Wild West show, of course, we hire people in. We don't, we are not now the sole source of the act and entertainment. Thank goodness. Because I literally was nine months pregnant and John was cracking a whip and I've got this belly out in front of me and I'm like holding papers. But we're not doing that anymore. Anyhow, so we, we have uh, professionals like Ryder Kisner in much better. And, um, we, you know, so we do that. And then of course I always joke that I'm John's driver because like, if we're going to rodeos, I'll help him drive to places. And I end up driving a lot more than uh, I would like to be driving. (laughs) So Anyhow, yeah, so we're, we are pretty much all hands on deck and like our rentals, that's all us. I don't have a management company. I do all that. I do have a guy that helps me with some, um, you know, just the little fix-its here and there. And uh, I probably couldn't do it without Ricky. So I'm grateful for him. <laughs> he picks up the phone call every time or picks up the phone every time I call and I'm grateful for that. I'm really curious too. And Lindsay, I don't think we really talked about this, but a lot of this has been like talking about your marriage and like you guys have a true partnership in every like essence of the word what would be like advice to somebody listening to this that you know maybe is searching for that partner or is in a marriage and wanting you know more connection with their spouse like more partnership what advice would you give or like how has that blossomed for for you and John. Absolutely. So John and I are 50, 50 on everything. I don't, um, yeah, I, I just don't without talking to him and he, I like to, I, he does it without talking to me to the point where the stuff, like we could do stuff. Like I literally don't buy a pair of boots without visiting with him. And he's like, Carla, you're being ridiculous. Buy the boots. We need boots. And I said, <laughs> if it's a slippery slope, right. Cause there's a lot of purses. I also would like to buy <laughs> anyhow. So, but the, I just use that as a, an example. We talk about everything. John books rodeos talks to me about him. And you know, if he's working on an act, I'm definitely involved. Like he's building one. Now we're just definitely involved 100 50, 50, and we're all in. And 
uh, for us, it has to be that way. But when we first got married, um, the kids obviously weren't in school and, you know, we were raising little ones and we were literally together 24 seven. We rarely went uh, anywhere without the other. Now that the kids are in school, I stay back one more and it's just the season of life we're in. However, we never lost that uh, doing it all together kind of thing. And that's just how we prefer it. We, we, we like it. We work well together. I don't get me wrong. There's arguments, <laughs> but we, we, for the most part work well and we see the common goal uh, and we are headed that way. And we, we have our, our accounts are merged. We don't, so it is like, you know, we totally are working on the common goal. The thing that I love about you guys is that you do everything together. Like it's, it's a package deal. And I know there's times when you can't go and the kids are in school or whatever. And, and that was with Luke and I, like when we had kids and, and Shayla, I know you guys are the same, like mm-hmm. it's a family affair. If we can't both go, like we don't, neither of us want to go. And there's times when one of us has to go and one of us has to stay home and we, we do it. We just don't enjoy it. And, and poor John, because when he shows up at a winter rodeo, and or summer rodeo we're like we're like looking past him he's like coming up we're seeing him for the first time everybody's like where's carla and the kids are they here and he's like uh what am i chopped liver i know but i i (laughs) i feel like he probably gets that a lot but i get it when he's not around too so uh yes and but i hope you know that i dislike missing any of your guys' rodeos because it, again, it does feel like family. I love every part of it because I don't just know you. I know your sister. I, I know you. I know your brother. I know your nieces and nephews, you know, like your folks, like, heck, I know all your dad's nicknames for the crew. I mean, we, we do have an extended family and I love that. Yeah. And I think that that is why I love the rodeo industry and why I've been so like driven to find that freedom so we can go and continue to do that because I've always dreamt of being able to provide those same opportunities in that same community and same like extended family to my kids. And and I know that's really important for you guys too, because for the most part, I feel like my friends and my extended, like my rodeo family is probably a a lot of times closer to us than our actual family. And in difficult times or happy times, those are usually the first people I call. And I, I'm sure that that's the absolutely, same for you. absolutely. It's without a doubt. Um, so I just was never that type of person, even uh, before I met John, before I, I, you know, went to Iowa. I was never the type of person that flourished in an office setting or a structured setting. I had a job once working for a chiropractor, couldn't quit fast enough because it was in an office. It was like, you had to be here and you had to wear this and all that stuff. And so I was like, Ooh, didn't do that. So I started secretarying uh, team ropings. I was timing. I would help at ranch rodeos. I worked the back pins at a cell use yard. I had all these little odd jobs. So I wouldn't have to have one regular job, you know, cause like I just, I didn't flourish in that setting. And then after I graduated poly, I got a job selling fees. And I loved that because I only had to be in the office one day a week. And the rest of the time I was out visiting clients and building my market. And so I enjoyed that because there was freedom and it was, I was around the people I wanted to be. And I love agriculture and that way of life. And I I don't care whether it's farming, ranching, rodeo, what it is. I just, I love every aspect. I love those people. So anyhow, I just, I never was someone that flourished in a, in a, structured situation. Like if John had told me like, man, you got to go get a job. I guess I'd 
try to find a job, but it probably would not be in an office building with small, with some walls. <laughs> I yeah. would be outside somewhere. Well, you are the perfect example of just what that looked like. Like you have to work hard and you have to do what you got to do, you know, for a while. But there's so many people that just stay stuck. You know, they just stay stuck and they stay miserable. And you're like, nope, that's that's not happening. And like me and Lindsay are very, very similar. And that's literally what we talk about on this podcast, like over and over and over. Um, I would love to hear just a little bit more about like your faith journey and maybe where that started, because I know a lot of people who, you know, when they think Carla Harrison, they think faith, you know, and and your love of the Lord and things like that. So I would love to, to hear your story and dive into that a little bit. That is a huge question compliment. Thank you. Um, I, so it's crazy, uh, how that happened because I was raised, um, I was raised a Catholic girl going to 12 years of Catholic school. So I was around it, but I was never, we won't, we hit it on the big holidays, you know, kind of thing. And it wasn't a part of my life and the Catholic, it was was too structured for me. As I got older, I had this darling friend, uh, Colleen, uh, she invited me to a cowboy church and I was like, these are my people. They're talking my language. They make it relatable. Like I get it. I didn't know that the Bible told stories that related to me. Like I just, I never listened to it that way. So she really opened my eyes to it. Then fast forward, I started dating John. John had a strong faith and connection then. And like it, he went to church every Sunday. It was just a part of his life. He was not afraid to pray or pray in front of others. And I loved that when I looked at him, I looked at someone that I was not afraid to grow my faith with and where I felt uh, with so many others uh, before I had been. And so that was encouraging to me and it was so important to him. So then we get uh, married and, you know, obviously I were going to church every Sunday. We were raising our kids that way. And there, it's just become more and more important to me in my life and in my journey to keep delving in and keep learning and keep growing in that. And I, um, yeah, I'm, I'm a work in progress. I'm, uh, I'm a sinner. I do everything wrong. I mean, I do a lot of things wrong, but I still like to wake up every morning and give it a fresh start. I start my day with my devotional and my coffee. And then recently when I hit the gym, I've been listening to praise and worship music. Usually. Usually it's like ACDC and Thunderstruck, but here lately, I try to incorporate more of that in. And God has blessed me with a husband that's willing to grow with me. And he and I recently have uh, started doing devotions together, just he and I, um, on our little Bible app. And uh, that way, because he's not a man of like super talky, feely stuff, like that's not his jam. He's not going to sit down and, back, you know, tell me all the things I want to hear kind of guy. So, but he will every once in a while either hit the like it button or put a little couple things like uh, type a few little words in at the end where there's a discussion. So it's been great for us. And I notice anytime that we're kind of like where he just annoys me to annoy me and or like we're not just seeing eye to eye group and say, are we both doing our devotional? Where are we out in our journey? Like, have we been talking to God? And it just usually the answer is no, when we're kind of not seeing eye to eye. And so we just kind of reconnect, recenter, and things seem to smooth. It's, it, it works it out. So, but yeah, so that's, that's my journey. Um, as Lindsay knows, we've had, we had a life altering experience of, 
while back, we lost a little girl at 17 months old. And um, that was big. I couldn't have made it through that, though, without a faith and a foundation and knowing that there's something more, that there is a higher calling, that that's not the end and that I will see her again. And if it wasn't for my faith, my family and definitely my rodeo family, I wouldn't have made it through that because I felt prayed for at that time. I felt lifted up and that's the best feeling that you can ever feel at that time. And it was my rodeo family that really surrounded uh, us with that love and with those prayers. And to this day, I have crazy amounts of rodeo family that text me on either the week of or the day of that we lost our little girl. And that's, it's been eight years and um, we still get uh, text messages and that's just, it's so cool. This is just really encouraging to me. And, and Shayla knows that I've just been really curious about faith. And and I don't know that you even know this, Carla, but when that happened, that was a really eye-opening experience for me, just seeing your faith. And it's, it's something that, you know, I just question myself. And Luke and I still talk about it. I'm going to try not to get emotional here, but I just see that in you. And well, I just you. really... You're going to make me cry. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, but, but I just, Luke and I talk about this all the time because I'm like still exploring that. And I'm like, I don't know how without that a person would be able to move forward. So seeing that, because I've seen, I've seen it play out the other way and you know, heaven forbid that ever anything like that ever happened. I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy, but it, it just really makes me continue and I'm maybe a little slower to get into it than some, but I, I think about it a lot. And I feel like even just in the last few years, I've come farther and, and been asking more questions, but just seeing how you guys handled that situation and the faith that you had, it was just really encouraging to me. And, and it still is, we, we probably talked about it a couple of weeks ago. Sometimes we're laying in bed and I think Luke sometimes thinks I'm off my rocker because I, I just have all kinds of thoughts going through my head all the time. And I had been thinking a lot about that. I have a friend that going through some really hard things right now too. And so when that, those things come up, I just, it just really makes me think about it. And we had a conversation about it the other day and how you guys moved forward and, and came out stronger on the other side. So I just wanted you to know that, that, you you. know, your faith has affected a lot of people that you probably have no idea about. And I guess maybe some advice for people that are just exploring their faith, because I, 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 I just always assume that you have always been this like super faith driven woman. So it was really just encouraging because I didn't know that story about you either about, you know, how you have grown in your face. So that was really encouraging to me, but just for somebody that is kind of stepping into that and exploring that and curious about that, what your advice is to kind of keep moving forward. Uh, Don't stop. That's, that's my uh, biggest advice. And it doesn't need to be like, I think I used to look at it like, man, if I get into this religion thing, I'm going to be expected to be 
a perfect person. No, you're not. And every, like, there's so many examples in the Bible of how God uses the imperfect, the, the prostitute, the sinner, the guy that uh, hung Jesus. Like it just, every example, he takes the worst of the man, the least man, the, the, the smallest in the community. And he makes, he uses them to just drive home the point that he is God. He's greater than all this. And so I, I would never give up. I would um, find the right fit for you. Like, you know, it's just like when I look at a devotional, like some devotional on my Bible app might speak to me. um, And others I'm like, yeah, I, it's not really working for me. So we pass and you just have to keep working and plotting through it. And I, again, I'm still learning. And like, I hear some of the elder ladies at church and they're like, man, just memorize those Bible verses. Cause you're not always going to have them or you can't always read your eyesight will fail you. You need, and I'm like, wow, I, I probably should really pay attention. They're so much better. You know, they're so much better than me. Um, I, I really need to work at working for that. And they know so much more. So I think we all are at a different spot in our journey. We just all have to keep going down the road. And I listened to a podcast, I think it was Candace Owens, and she said, surround yourself by five with five people that lift you up, right? Because if you look around, you don't want people that are bringing you down, surround yourself with in your core with five people that really lift you up. I am fortunate that my husband is someone that lifts me up and uh, wants me on a faithful journey as well as he wants me on a good trajectory fitness wise on a good trajectory business wise. Like he wants, he wants the best for me, but I also have other people like that. And Dusty Tuckness is a bullfighter and he's been another person that's been a really close friend of mine and a good lift up for both the spiritual and uh, being in, in shape fitness wise. And so he's someone that I can bounce things off of. And I feel that is a friend that kind of uplifts me. I, I have so many more. Ashley Rumford, I used to sit down once a week. She's another clown wife and have a, we would do a devotional and then once a week sit down kind of like we are now and kind of hash out the week's devotional. And we need to get back into doing that. But I, I feel like, you know, just keep going, surround yourself with people that you would like to be like, whether it be in business or in uh, uh, in your faith journey, if you just, you know, put people around you that you want to be like or build you up. I love that you, I love that you focus on like the imperfections because I will never forget. And I'm not going to say like what religion it was. Cause I want to be respectful of, of all religions, right? Whatever faith you have. But I was listening to this man who had a, a religion of basically perfectionism, right? Like you, you get into heaven by doing good works and you get into heaven by being perfect, basically. And he discovered Jesus and he discovered that Jesus loves him because of who he is, not because of what he does. And oh my gosh, I like watched all these YouTube videos of him because he became a pastor. He ended up basically converting his whole entire family, his, his future wife, girlfriend at the time to Christianity and, you know, introduced them to Jesus. And I think for me, that's, that's what's impacted me the most is that relationship with Jesus rather than it just being a religion. And I think sometimes in Lindsay, maybe you could relate to that. It's like, Oh, I don't know if I should grow in my faith because then I have to be more perfect. And then I have to like do all of the Mm -hmm. right things. And that feels really overwhelming. And I don't know if I can do that. And it's like, you don't have to, you just have to, to try. And you just do, like you said, one step in front of the other. And, 
as time goes on, you have these moments. And for me, it's like getting quiet because we like are so surrounded by noise and things projected at us all day long. And it's hard to focus, but if you can just get quiet and read your devotional and then like, just get quiet, that's where it's been so um, comforting to me. It's like, he's, you know, it's like, he's right there. Yes, absolutely. I enjoy those quiet moments too. I completely agree with you. And I love that you don't have to be perfect. I, I don't think he wants the perfect. I, I think he wants us all like, yeah, he wants that's my, my take on it. Yeah. So, and gosh, if we were going for perfection, I, I fall short of that glory <laughs> often. Well, your well, club, club she yeah. gave us was, uh, I love Jesus, but I drink a little. I mean, I love Jesus, but I drink a little. Yes. Isn't this fine, right? <laughs> right. Well, I, right. I think that for me, you know, I've always felt like I've had the community, like I've had that very strong family, very strong friends. I think that I just have always felt this like pull and curiosity that I, I need to strengthen the faith side of that too, because you, I mean, I think your friends and family can get you through a lot of things, but I think there's some things that you need that. And I, I have just been really blessed in my life to be surrounded by a lot of people that are vocal about their faith and, and not in a, not in a weird way, because I've, I've been around those people too. And I think that in the past, like, that's what I thought I had to be, you know, like, <laughs> the Bible, whatever you want to call it specific way. And I've the company that I'm with and the team that I have with Shayla. And there's so many like just regular people that I've had a lot of conversations with Carla. And we haven't really talked about this, but you, you know, you guys just watching you live that out. That has been really inspiring. It's just really encouraging to be able to find people that don't expect me to be perfect. And, you know, don't think differently of me. Cause I, I am a good person. Like I just in general, try to do good and treat people the right way. And, you know, I know that that's part of it too, but there's things that I fall short on and, and I don't know the Bible and I don't know, you know, but I, I am exploring that and both of you have been really kind of influential oh, in, in that I journey for me. So. I think it's a fun journey. And when you don't expect as much from yourself or like, then I think it's even more fun, you know, like, like, let's just dig into this and see what happens Then not hold yourself to such a high standard. And I think you'll real or anyone will realize that the more they read and um, the Bible is like the Bible is such a good book. Like uh, talk about drama. We've got incest in there. We've got fighting. We've got wars. We've got murder. We've got like love stories. We've got it all. We've got leprosy. We've got, you know, it's, it's, a, it's awesome. It's a great book. And you learn more and more, the more you read. I, I learn something new all the time, all the time. So I just think it's a continuing uh, journey for everyone. But yeah, yeah you can't. Um, I think we all try to be like kind to others. I think that's a good start. And like, uh, just, you know, just try to be in, like you said, in general, good people. Um, I love when I hear people that are digging into it more because that's I, I want to be there with you. I, I also, I, I set a goal and it's going to take me forever, but I thought it'd be really cool Sunday if I had more friends on my Bible app than I had on my Facebook, <laughs> like if she kept friends, on her deal. but I'm a long ways away. <laughs> so clearly I need, I need to work on that. I don't know. People, people might not as be attracted to it because it's not the drama though. I don't try to put uh, drama on Facebook, but I do like to scroll and look at drama. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Thanks. 
I love that. Well, I guess to to kind of wrap it up, what would you what would you say to somebody listening who maybe is like you, you know, a long time ago, like before you met John, but you had something inside of you that was like, I'm going to live a big life. I'm going to live a life of joy and a, and a life of fun and a life of freedom. Like, what would you say to somebody to just encourage them? on their own journey of maybe not staying where they're at and just truly going big and like taking risks. And you know what I mean? What, what would you say to that person? So I always say, take the opportunity when, if it presents itself, never look back and wish you had taken that opportunity. Um, You know, jobs aren't uh, your job that you're in right now. It's not forever. No one said you had to be that for the rest of your life. Like if, um, Sorry, Tuck is calling me. He's so rude. He doesn't know. And it's, uh, <laughs> I'll talk to him later. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, so, but to always take that opportunity and uh, go like, go forward because you just, you don't want to look back and see you missed it. Your job isn't forever. You're not married to whatever you're doing right now. If you don't like it, if that's not what defines you, you get to be who, you know, you want to be. Um, I just, I've seen, like, I just watched other people uh, say, oh, I can't do this because I don't have the education. Baloney, get out there and get education on the job. Like you, you can learn. Anyone can be taught to do anything. Do you have a likable personality? Then just go do it. Like, or learn that trade. Like no one was born knowing anything. And uh, my mom filled that in me, bless her. And sometimes I cuss her over that too, because she was like, now, no, you know, you can do anything like you, no one was just born knowing how to drive that trailer, back that trailer up. And so you can learn to do that. I shouldn't have learned to do that, but you can learn to do that. <laughs> so just any, anything you want to do. Yeah. She also told me if you learn how to milk the cow, you'll be asked to milk the cow. So that's what I'm saying. You should not learn to milk the cow. Well, we're so happy that you came on here with us. And it was just, just like Shayla said, that it was going to be just a really heartfelt conversation. And we're just really glad that you were able to share that experience with our listeners too. Thank you for having me. I uh, wish you all the best. And I really appreciate you guys having me. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Rural Raised Leaders. For more value, sign up for our weekly email on ruralraisedleaders.com. Follow us on Instagram at Rural Raised Leaders. And don't forget to keep it rural.